Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and my guest today is Dr. Philip Shallow, who's an Alexander Technique teacher of over 30 years' experience and a chiropractor of over 10 years' experience who lives and works in Rockford, Illinois, which is about an hour west of Chicago. And we've done one interview for the general public, but this is an interview more for Alexander Technique teachers, uh, for serious students of the Alexander Technique, and I suppose for chiropractors as well. Um, and I'm going to refer to Dr. Uh, Shallow as Philip. Uh, Philip, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, could you begin by just giving a short overview of the Alexander Technique slash chiropractic connection as you see it? Right. The uh, upper cervical work that I do restores unconscious communication between the brain and the body. And uh, that's important on every level. On the other hand, uh, we can also interfere with our uh, our normal function just by, as you know, our choices, our postural sets, our habits, uh, however they were developed. And um, what I've found in my practice, when I started my practice, I said, no more Alexander Technique. I'm just going to concentrate on upper cervical chiropractic. And after a few months, I realized that's kind of rude because some people actually need a different kind of input and need the lessons and need help with with undoing the the muscle tension part the habitual tension so i started teaching people again and uh, now it's it's really interesting because most people once i correct that unconscious communication they don't need alexander lessons and they're not musicians they're not people who are looking for a 1000% out of themselves they're just everyday kind of people and all of a sudden, after we correct that communication, they're standing up straighter, they're moving more smoothly, everything's nice and relaxed. And uh, But the rest of us who are dancers and musicians and people wanting the best for ourselves, we might have some extra tensions in there that are habitual, that need to be we need help with. And so that's where some lessons come in. I have an elderly patient who held her initial correction for months and uh, then she had a she came to one of my workshops and uh, she got interested in taking lessons and that's when she started feeling better <laughs> it's mm -hmm. very interesting mm -hmm. because uh, the tension in her body was so so great that the fact that her brain was now communicating with her body better didn't make any difference but the lessons gave us an inroad into that. And so now she had the equipment that she could work with herself and reduce that unnecessary tension. And now she's just going gangbusters. She feels great. She looks forward to her lessons, which are not very often. Um, I give people homework, and maybe once a month is when I'll work with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she's doing really well. Well, you know, um, given the fact that most people come for Alexander lessons, either because they're in pain or because they are performers who are having uh, issues with 
playing or singing or acting or whatever uh, optimally. Um, if what if if the chiropractic takes care of the pain, um, that whole group, in a sense, um, might not have a lot of interest in going beyond that. I and mean, certainly, if if they get pain relief for Alex from Alexander lessons, which they often do. Um, that's all they care about. They're not, not going to go for, you know, real fine uh, stuff. And the performers, uh, of course, they're in a different category, and every little edge they can get is going to help them. So they would be natural students for going past an initial adjustment uh, or two or whatever of chiropractic and then going on to Alexander just as they often... Um, uh, end up taking quite a few Alexander lessons if they go that route because they they even those little tiny incremental improvements are for them pretty important. So that that fits in with your your idea as well, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering um, what what would you say? Now, here's something I hear a lot in the Alexander world, um, and you've probably heard it as well, that really the only thing that really is going to help you is, well, essentially the Alexander technique. That other things might be useful, little adjuncts to it, but ultimately you need to learn how to take charge of yourself and... um, but I, I'm sensing from what you're saying, and particularly about the inability to do that right at the axis um, without some outside intervention, that you wouldn't agree with that. Right. And what's really tragic, I think, is that a lot of people just don't want to pay attention. They don't want to take charge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had one pupil who... Uh, when I gave her her test lesson, I always give a test lesson to see if they're the kind of person that I can actually teach. Mm-hmm. And it looked like, you know, things were going to go well. But after a few lessons, I realized, you know, this is this thing is dead in the water. She is not catching on to what I'm saying. She's not learning how to direct. She's not even paying attention to what she's doing. She's not increasing in awareness. She just wants to lie down and have somebody do something to her. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get stuck in that position. That's uh, that's pointless to me. And I mean, that's that's what physical therapy tends to be, where or any of the other medical sort of activities is you lie down and I do something to you. Even chiropractic is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, get on the table. Let me pop your back, or whatever the procedure is. Um, but is That's, is that someone though that you had helped earlier with a chiropractic uh, adjustment or or two or three? Oh, boy, that's a toughie. I don't remember her particular case, mm-hmm. but with the with uh, uh, the upper cervical chiropractic, uh, it's possible to get a really nice stable correction, but then the person doesn't feel it. You know, all the muscles balance out, all the postural distortions disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they're sitting at a desk all day, and mm-hmm. then they're engaging in poor postural sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I think that 
that's one aspect of uh, the difficulty is that people don't want to pay attention. They don't want to take charge. Um, maybe it's just that I wasn't the right teacher for her and I couldn't put things in a way that she could understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other things is that back around the turn of the century, around 1900, uh, everybody was popping up saying, I've got the cure. I've got the cure for everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, right. and the problem still is that people are echoing that concept. And I'm, I don't think life is that simple. Um, you know, I, I know of a pupil over in England who uh, uh, she had lessons and she got worse and worse and worse and her pain increased. Well, there was obviously something else going on there, but it wasn't that Alexander Technique was going to fix her, um, but something else needed to happen as well. Maybe she needed to eat differently. Right. Well, I, I think every Alexander teacher has had students that even if they make nice changes during a lesson, even if they can do some useful self-directing during a lesson, they just they just aren't going to take it on as part of their lives. And I don't know what you can do about that. I don't I mean I think that just is the nature of some people. Okay. You know, I don't think I mean as you say it could be a particular student, particular teacher, there's always that yeah. kind of issue, but I think there are people for whom probably no Alexander technique teacher is going to be real helpful unless maybe it's a teacher who does nothing but but table work maybe I don't know <laughs> but you must find that in chiropractic as well oh yes um, patients who are uh, they have a disease mentality and they want somebody to do something and uh, there's a point at which I have to draw the line and say look you're holding your correction just it's must be something else you need to find out what's going on and half of the time, it's something that they're eating. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> Don't eat the pizza every Friday night. Um, right. Yeah. Well, that's not, and that's the kind of thing you can say as a chiropractor that probably most Alexander teachers wouldn't feel comfortable saying, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, but I wonder, I, I, I think it would be interesting if you, if we could get a couple of short, messages from you, one for Alexander teachers and one for chiropractors. For Alexander teachers, um, when might it be useful for you to refer a student of yours to a chiropractor and then the opposite for chiropractors? Mm-hmm. With, uh, if I was an Alexander teacher only and just working with people, I would be aware of certain points in the body where there's holding. Mm-hmm. And maybe even a twisted or a low pelvis somewhere. The um, that's something that's the upper cervical chiropractor is going to help with. Um, that's a guarantee. And there's different specific chiropractic techniques. I practice the NUCA procedure, N-U-C-C-A. Mm-hmm. But then there's Blair, and there's orthospinology, mm-hmm. um, and there's you know a couple others. Uh, that are, that are okay. Atlas orthogonal, that's a table-mounted adjusting instrument. Um, 
very precise. And it's the one thing that we can guarantee is that when we restore, when we restore that communication between the brain and the body, that pelvis is going to level out. And most of the postural distortions are going to disappear. Sometimes shoulder unleveling will not because of other injuries or things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like you mentioned in the fascia layer, mm-hmm. uh, there can be a lot, of, a lot of old business in there. Right. That's from a previous conversation we had oh. where uh, fascial imbalances or twists and turns are pretty tough to direct yourself out of and right uh, some, then, something like uh, cranial work could be very helpful for that and i suppose chiropractic could too right and yes um and one of the nice things about alexander work uh, depending on where you were trained is that it can dovetail or it can overlap into some of these other uh fields mm-hmm. um for example, where I trained in Philadelphia back in 81, uh, I realized much later that what I was learning was polarity, mm-hmm. um, but I was also learning myofascial work, which hadn't been invented yet, I don't think. And um, uh, But it all kind of worked together, and our teacher kept it within the context of neck, head, back. You mm-hmm. know, what are you doing? Pay attention, do your directions. And um, uh, and that was the the clarity of that work was keeping it within the context of Alexander's um, main interest. What are you doing with your head, your neck, in relation to your back? Mm-hmm. And um, but then we just have to recognize when there's when we start getting frustrated about something that's not releasing, it's probably a chiropractic issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, um, if you could briefly address your chiropractic colleagues, when would it be useful for them to refer a patient to an Alexander teacher? Uh, oftentimes, if you see somebody who is not holding their correction, uh, it's because of their interfering with themselves on some habitual layer uh, level. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the Alexander teacher can take a person through the movements, um, however you teach it, uh, and increase the pupil's awareness as to how they're interfering with themselves. Uh, And then that can help on some levels. Mm -hmm. And I would also imagine there might be some chiropractors, if they're listening to this, who could probably use a little help with their own functioning? Because that's a pretty—they uh, have to—you have to kind of get in odd positions to do adjustments, right? Yes, that's correct. And especially with the NUCA procedure, mm-hmm. uh, we have to put our bodies in a particular angle mm-hmm. to to get the correction in there. And what I'm finding when I watch my colleagues go through the steps at conferences. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows where their back is. They right. have no idea where their bodies are. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where Alexander Technique is going to come in to mm-hmm. uh, develop that awareness, that inside awareness of where you actually are. Yeah. And I guess um, our this podcast is really aimed at more at Alexander teachers and advanced students of the, of the work. Uh, from from your experience over 
over 30 years of being an Alexander teacher, you've met a lot of Alex, other Alexander teachers. What's your general take on their openness to things like chiropractic? Uh, let's see now. I think... Uh... <laughs> Speak freely. Question. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. One of my classmates in England was an osteopath. Mm-hmm. And um, so he had a real interesting uh, perspective on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know down in central Illinois, um, the teachers down there refer to uh, chiropractors mm-hmm. when they feel it's necessary, when, when the pupil has uh you know too much curve in the spine right this would be champagne urbana area that there's yeah, uh-huh. quite a collection of teachers there yeah uh-huh and um but uh let's see now i think probably in general a lot of the teachers i've met haven't really known anything about chiropractic i i certainly didn't when i was studying alexander and mm-hmm. um you know up until like 91 mm-hmm. you know it was uh i was i didn't really know anything about it mm-hmm. and and what is it that happened in 90 or 91 that caused you to decide to become a chiropractor oh you'd yeah. been you'd been teaching the alexander technique for over 10 years right right and what i i was working as a professional violinist and started raising a family and then got to the point where I realized, you know, this has been fun, but it's not going to fly. And um, so I thought about my other interests, which were in the sciences, and decided to pursue physical therapy mm-hmm. because it's the closest thing that I saw to Alexander work. But then I couldn't get into the schools that I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, my chiropractor suggested I look into chiropractic. And I thought, well, I can't do that. Um, but a year later, I realized, hey, wait a minute. These physical therapists, they're trying to do stuff that just is not in their toolbox. And uh, it it is in the chiropractor's toolbox. And so I looked into it, went to the school over in Iowa, and realized this is what I need to do. And it's exactly the same sensation I had when I had my first Alexander lesson. Uh, I realized this, I have to do this. I don't care what it takes, I'm going to do this. And uh, so I got into Alexander Technique in 1979 mm-hmm. and then got into chiropractic school in 1999. Mm-hmm. And, um, and l- I feel fortunate to have discovered the upper cervical work because it dovetails so beautifully with Alexander. Because, see, the head leads and the body follows. And if we can restore that communication on all levels between the head and the body... Mm-hmm. then we've, we're cooking. We're really going well. W- would you say that, that chiropractors in that tradition would agree with the statement that the head-neck relationship is pretty primary for, yeah. for our functioning? Yes. So that would be a complete agreement, of course, with, with most Alexander teachers, right? Exactly. The upper cervical world, um, just physiologically, there's... Uh, way, way more information going on at the top of the neck, uh, information that goes from the muscles into the brain. Um, mm-hmm. Now, down in St. Louis at Logan College of Chiropractic, 
they'll you know they'll disagree because Logan Basic is a procedure that works with the pelvis, and with that philosophy, the pelvis is the foundation of the spine. And so, if you can get the pelvis balanced, then everything is going to follow from that. Um, but physiologically and embryologically, the whole way the nerve system develops is from the head to the tail. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the DART procedures that um, the Murrays down in Urbana mm-hmm. helped develop with Raymond DART uh, is also based on that principle. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to say to either Alexander teachers or chiropractors? Well, let's see now. Uh, <laughs> I think the most important thing is that most of the time um, we just if we're if we're looking for solutions to a problem uh, we need to do our best with what we're handling with what our our role is mm-hmm. uh, Alexander teacher or chiropractic but then just be willing to uh, look for other options. For example, the uh, cranial sacral work mm-hmm. is something that can be very useful. Upper cervical chiropractic is something that uh, can eliminate the need for cranial sacral work, but not necessarily entirely because of the complexities of uh, issues that mm-hmm. a person can have. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're basically saying be, be open to, to other modalities. Yes. Because... Probably uh, this this probably would be heretical to some Alexander teachers, but there is no modality that covers everything, right? As far as I know, anyway. So, unless well, you get lucky. <laughs> well, you may you may be yeah you may find one that you may stumble onto a modality that really takes care of an awful lot for you. And you can see that in in the Alexander world, and I'm sure you see that in, uh, in chiropractic world. And I, the other area I'm more familiar with, cranial sacral, you can certainly see that in that world too. That there are many people who go to one of those, uh, one of those three, and I'm sure many others, and they get everything they need from it. Right, but then some. Um some therapists, like a cranial sacral therapist, can be very frustrated if they have to keep working on a um, a distortion pattern that keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. That's the message that we're not getting to the underlying problem. Right. right. And it's the same thing with upper cervical chiro- chiropractic, and it's the same thing with Alexander technique. I love the story of uh, F.M. Alexander yelling at one of his pupils and uh, throwing him. He says... If you do that one more time, I'm going to throw you out of here. And apparently the guy did it again, and so he threw him out of his studio. Mm-hmm. And Chased um, him down the stairs with a blunderbuss, apparently. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and then... And if, I, you know, as an Alexander teacher, you got to say, it's not too hard to, to imagine a situation like that. Well, what's neat is that it worked in that situation because you know the guy went home stomped up his stairs i've never been so insulted in my life is the rest of the story as walter carrington tells it yeah and um but then he went back later and caught on yeah and yeah uh so it's it's beautiful when you can can make it work like that yeah and you know just a um 
uh, a personal anecdote. My after I did my Alexander training in, in England, my main teacher was Marjorie Barstow, who lived here in Lincoln, Nebraska, most of her life, and she was. Um, you know, had about the lightest touch of any teacher I could ever imagine. It was very powerful, but it was very light. And interestingly enough, um, she regularly went to see a chiropractor. And she swore by chiropractic for herself. She didn't ever push it on anybody else, but uh, she was a regular client of a local chiropractor. So that's kind of an interesting little aside. Maybe this would be a a good place to bring our conversation to a close unless there's something we haven't covered. This is your chance to speak to Alexander teachers and chiropractors and Well, very good. Thanks else? for giving me the opportunity to share. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. Um my guest has been Dr. Philip uh Shallow, who is a, is a, has been an Alexander teacher for over 30 years, a chiropractor for over 10 years. He lives and works in Rockford, Illinois, which is uh, about an hour west of Chicago. And we'll put a link to his website. If, if you, anything we've talked about intrigues you, um, you can contact him. And we'll also put a link to a, a website where you can find an Alexander teacher anywhere in the world. Uh, Philip, thanks so much for being on the show. You're welcome.